0: Why is it all of a sudden very easy for me to think of things for you to do when you can't think of things for you to do? I'm not going to invite somebody else to come over and be bored with me. Here's a poverty pro tip. Eat, sleep for dinner. You can be playing Mary Had a Little Lamb today. Philosophers. Philosophers. (sighs) <sighs> we didn't even plan that so david i think there a there's a very interesting human experience that ends up being shared by most all humans at some point or another <laughs> and no it is not the train it singing was... the song of its people <laughs> although is it having your recording interrupted by a loud noise outside i mean i think no most people most people don't record things i'm just that weirdo who records everything i believe that is correct yes okay but it's boredom yes old boredom and as familiar of a feeling as being bored is I don't think most people bother thinking about it because they're bored. Like, yeah, a few things are more boring than thinking about being bored. Yeah. And in fact, thinking about being bored can often be boring. And it's make you actually what bored. Said. Yeah. Yeah, but if we repeat it in like, you know, a similar way, it makes us sound a lot smarter than we really are, you know? Also, I wasn't paying very good attention. Um, <laughs> as usual. As usual. But yeah, so... Um, what, why, but why is boredom so bad? You know, um, there are a lot it's of boring. animals. Well, okay, yeah, but that's that's tautological. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite thing. Um, we were just kind of discussing it, but there are a lot of animals that I assume get bored, or like they're in a state that we would personify as boredom, right? Because I think that if you look at the times in during which boredom occurs. It's when you're between doing things you care about or that are interesting to you or worth focusing on, you know, maybe, but I mean, like for, for some definition of care about, right. So like when I wake up first thing in the morning and I do my usual morning routine of making coffee, and catching up on whatever things I need to catch up on before I begin my day. Like the, like the, okay. The process of making the coffee is very routine, but it's not boring. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess I am doing something during that time. Right. And you're usually not bored if you're doing something. Um, But also, making the coffee is not something that I care about, per se. I just care about having the coffee after it's ready. Hmm. Let's look at Wiktionary, because it's just, I think, fun to sometimes see what people came up with. Besides um, the dumb definition of uh, boredom being the state of being bored. Okay, great, thanks. (laughs) Great, thanks. Um, The verb is the simple past tense and past participle of Bore which okay we're drilling down yes but the adjective of boring which is what we're kind of getting to here we'll look and see if the verb's any different um mildly annoyed and restless through having nothing to do or perforated by a hole or holes yes there's a really funny joke in there um uh but I do think it's kinda of interesting because I went back to the to the word bore, right? And mm-hmm. it it's a circular definition. The verb to be to inspire boredom in somebody. But if I go to boredom, it's the past participle of boring. And if I go to boring, it's an adjective for bore. So it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. circular definition. So it seems like someone got really bored and didn't even bother putting in a definition for it. But I don't know. I, I feel like the <sighs> that's not a very helpful definition no i mean if anything it almost seems to imply that being bored is like a is a subset of the state of agitation like it's it's a state of being in which you're agitated but the thing that is agitating you is the absence of things right Mm -hmm. let's check the american heritage dictionary which tends to have better definitions of things sure bore a transitive verb To make weary by being dull, repetitive, or tedious. Which are pretty much synonyms of bored. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of what dictionaries do, though. They tell you what a word means using other words, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, would my definition I gave earlier be accurate, though? Something that, like, just not having a present thought. Or maybe... Not that you're not having a present thought. Okay, when I think of... What is the experience of being bored like? It's not doing something when you would like to be doing something. Mm, So there's, like, two conditions. Yeah. I would rather be doing anything else but what I'm doing right now. That's when I'm bored. Yeah, but but there's also things that I do, like chores right Mm -hmm. i'm not always bored when i'm doing chores sometimes i'm focusing on something that i'm doing but there is always something that i think everybody is constantly in the state of. there's always something else they would rather be doing yes but you are doing something though Mm. you're only bored if you're not doing something and you want to be doing something got you okay yeah i'll accept because there are times when i'm not doing something and i'm okay with not doing something so i'm not bored right Okay, so, but why is it such a bad... I guess back to the problem, though. Why is that a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing? Like, most people would associate boredom as being Nobody, a Nobody... Yeah, people do not enjoy being bored. Right. right. If someone says, I'm bored, it's usually a cry for help. Right. Please entertain me somehow. Right. right. Um, and since there's two conditions we need to meet, which is the operative one, or is there a different states for both as to why it's a bad thing? Right. Because, like you said before, there are times when you're doing nothing, TM, nothing. Right, you're never actually doing nothing, but nothing important. Yeah, nothing of interest to you or worth caring about. But that's okay. So it's... I think part of it is an expectation or a desire. It's an unmet desire, which is, I think, the source of most unpleasantness and negativity in life. It comes from an unmet expectation. So you... There's something that you want to do that you're not doing. And it doesn't matter what the thing you're doing right now is, but it's that you're not doing the thing that you want to do. So that's probably one source of why boredom is bad. Mm-hmm. But when you are doing something... All right, well, that's literally just it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But if you're doing something you don't want to do, but you're not bored, is it just like a gradation of like negative well now you're just discontent with what you're doing right so i guess boredom is just discontent squared it's discontent with not doing (laughs) interesting (laughs) um okay i can think of other times when people might say i'm bored when they are doing something like someone might say someone who does a very repetitive job might say, I'm so bored of this job, right? It's the same thing day in, day out. I'm burnt out on it, whatever. Right. The monotony is killing but, me. But I don't know I, I don't know if I agree in that scenario that that is the same as the boredom of I'm stuck at home with nothing to do mm-hmm. and I really wish I could do something. Like, you know, like the classic case of boredom is when you're a kid and you want to go outside and do something but it's raining or whatever. Right. And no one wants to do anything. Um, that's what I think of when I think of boredom. So... Yeah. Okay. So, what about boredom? Now that we've talked about what it is, right? I think that what's more curious than boredom itself um, in humans is the ways we try to stave it off. Yes. Because, as we said before, having this unmet expectation, there's two things you can do. You can either change your expectation and try to meet that, or meet the original expect, or do something to meet the original expectation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And this, I think, that, that first strategy, meet the expectation, is usually the one people try to do, right? Or they try to think of a way to meet it, right? So, like, if you want to play outside but it's raining, you might start concocting ways in which you can still do that despite the rain. Right? Right. You could do that. I, Although, as weird as it seems that that's what pe- most people try to do, that also seems to be, like, the most error-prone path to overcoming boredom when altering your expectations would just be often easier or just coming up with an alternative altogether which but that's changing your expectations like you, you, right. you're no longer expecting to go out and play or you know. right when i can stay in and play or whatever right if your if your goal is to play something right uh, but however i also think that and then this is also interesting to me as well i think that Boredom is one of those problems that is very difficult to solve on your own, but it's very easy to solve with someone else. Yes. Because for whatever reason, when we find ourselves in the state of being bored, I think there's an additional thing that's happening in that we, for whatever reason, are just not very creative in that moment. Right. The reason you're bored is because you can't come up with something to do. Right. But weirdly... Why is it also easier like if you told me I'm bored. Yeah. Why is it all of a sudden very easy for me to think of things for you to do when you can't think of things for you to do? Why? Why all of a sudden when we externalize the problem and apply it to someone else, it just it's a lot easier to fix. Or is that true? I feel like it's true. It certainly seems true. Yeah. Well, presumably, if I tell you I'm bored, you are not bored, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not overcome by the emotional state of being bored. Yeah. So you're still more present of mind. I like to think of things like that, maybe. Or maybe, uh, and of course this depends on the relationship between the two people, but maybe someone tells you I'm bored now you are annoyed and have a motivation to get them to stop telling you about how bored they are. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. It, it, but I just think that is interesting. That I think there's a lot of things in life that are like that when it's your problem. Well, I mean, okay. You're familiar with the rubber ducky, right? Yes. The classic um, bath toy. The classic bath toy. But are you familiar with rubber duck bugging yes as a programmer yeah so this is not a thing that a lot of non-programmers i think know about no but i think it's a similar process you're externalizing your problem Mm -hmm. to something else and there's often literally a rubber duck but it doesn't have to be no it's just an inanimate object that you're personifying in that moment you're you're talking to like you would a person. you're talking to yourself but giving yourself an object to talk to Mm -hmm. (laughs) because for whatever reason i think and again this might just be a part of our like it's something that developed in human beings when we became social right when we had to be able to like well it's not natural it's something that you learn i think to do when you when you start to realize that other things are people Mm -hmm. well some things are people and they they have thoughts and ideas that you don't and that there's a black magic box inside their head that takes what you say and can do things to it and then give you feedback that mm-hmm. is not something you can just generate yourself. But when you think about that, there's something to that process that changes the way we view a circumstance. In the case of rubber duck debugging, you're usually it's similar to being boredom. You're bogged down by the emotional state of the problem, but you have to set that aside in order to explain it because you can't impart the emotion, but well, you can try. But we're very well, bad. Yeah, you can just be frustrated, yeah, and people can tell that you're frustrated, but it doesn't make you feel better to do that. Yeah. So yeah, you're trying to fix this bug in your program, and you're pulling your hair out trying to figure out what it is, and you're like, "Okay, dear rubber duck, <laughs> how do I put this into words?" Right. You yeah. You pretend you have an imaginary friend, <laughs> uh, to whom you explain the problem to, as if they were a programmer who knew how to fix, who could potentially fix your problem for you. And so then you put it in words, exactly the problem. Well, the programmer is supposed to be doing this, but actually when this happens, this other thing happens. But, and, and eventually you run into the problem, right? Right. Eventually you say exactly what the bug is out loud and you're, oh, well, that's it. I'll just fix it then. Yeah. Now, a form of this, I think, has existed for a very long time. It just wasn't called this. It's called prayer. Um mm-hmm. I'm actually convinced that one of the reasons a lot of people believe that prayer is effective it actually just has to do with putting the, your problems and woes into words yeah and, and then complaining to an imaginary person, friend an imaginary <laughs> friend well yeah yeah that you believe is real cuz it's more effective if you think that it's real like I, and it's true I have actually had a lot easier time as a person who has a hard time talking to inanimate objects it's easier for me to talk to another person and then be like, Oh, well, never mind. I figured out and then disconnect the call. But, um, but still it's easier when you, when you're actually having to try to put things into words so that something understands or some uh, as so that someone else can understand. And I think that that's the, if you believe that the imaginary friend in the form of your deity exists, you're trying to do that, you know? So that's just a weird aside. I'm not here to crap on deities right now necessarily but still it's kind of an interesting thing yes um but that being said even though that was i think would be a very effective strategy for dealing with boredom and overcoming it i think the more common route that a lot a lot of human beings there are a lot of different strategies that human beings use to try to stave off boredom that are more preemptive um i think that there's a couple of broad categories of these um there are There's two that I think get conflated a lot hobbies and pastimes. I I see those as being distinctly different things, but I think that I don't know that I've never really, I don't hear a lot of other people use the word pastime, but they'll use the word hobby. And I think that word's getting kind of, those words are getting globbed together. I don't know. Well, maybe people don't use the word pastime anymore. People definitely do pastimes and don't call them hobbies. Like, I don't, I've never heard anyone say that watching television is their hobby. I have really well okay I'm also in an interesting position where I may see this when do you ever hear about someone's hobbies There's, just, in my mind there's two to three good venues when you would actually hear someone say oh well my hobbies are when do you hear that when do you hear that sentence on or, a date on a date <laughs> that's one of them there's another one that's very similar to a date you're meeting a new friend a potential friend coworker workers usually sure what whatever I think about. yeah you're meeting a person though yeah yeah um you're meeting a new person. You're meeting a person and actually getting to know about their life, not just a passing acquaintance. Right. Okay. So I, that was going to be the three venues: is a date, friends, and uh, work. But they're all kind of slight variations on the same theme, which is you're meeting a new person, and you know you're not just going to toss this person aside as just a passing acquaintance. Right. It's like okay, I need to do some investment. I need to do some digging. I need to, I need to construct a compatibility matrix. Well, you know. Yeah try to find where we might have common interests things like that because that's why you'd bring up the hobbies right right well and also we're trying to stave off boredom of us sitting here not talking to each other which is well, awkward true and everybody's got hobbies so but I, but i've heard that a lot or especially seen it in work stuff a lot what are your hobbies and i have seen people put tv or watching tv before um interesting yeah so what are the difference though between a pastime and a hobby that's actually an interesting question. Because um, I have like a gut feeling as to what it is, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's one of the, I know one when I see one. You um, know it when you see it. <laughs> um, to me, it a hobby is something that is... Mm, mm. All right, so one of the abstract things coming to mind is that it is productive in some sort of way. There is an output to a hobby. I was going to say there's a skill associated. I was going to also say there's a skill associated, but also like I don't know, like many games are also pastimes. Like I would I would cl- classify them definitely as pastimes, but there is skill in games also sometimes, sometimes. Okay, so let's think of some examples. So I I think you're right, but what is a Okay, I'll just I'll instead of ask I'll just tell you. Tic-tac-toe is a pastime. Yes. Because the strategy of tic-tac-toe is so simple that there's not really skill involved beyond memorizing the appropriate states. Mm -hmm. Yahtzee is another good example. I think you and I were talking about it. There's not a whole lot of skill involved in a game that's purely chance, Mm -hmm. literally rolling dice, right? Right. Um, there There is an optimal strategy that is mathematically deducible that is very simple to understand with relatively short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, but then, but the same is also kind of true chess, right? But I would say chess is a hobby as opposed to a pastime. Although maybe, maybe it's, I both. think it depends on your motivation, right? Yeah. Cause if it's just like, Hey, you know, we're sitting here doing nothing. Do you want to play chess right now? Mm-hmm. It's a pastime, right? We're just, it's something to fill the time. Whereas somebody who plays competitive chess, that's their hobby. Right. They're, they're trying to grow that skill or they they are growing a skill or refining a skill. Right. And meaningful increments. Yeah. They're actually, yeah, they have goals associated with it. Maybe that's, maybe that's the thing. Hobbies have goals. Pastimes do not. Well, then again, I could also say that, okay, so let's take my example from four, watching TV. Can it be a hobby? Well, if your goal is to like make it to the end of a season or something like that? Or what if your goal is to watch through a massive catalog of different TVs, like popular TV shows and stuff like that, in order to, like, better improve your storytelling ability by learning the storytelling patterns. Yeah, maybe. I would say that that would become a hobby at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see that. Or, like, as a matter of, like, becoming more cultured or something like that. Sure. Um, Same reason, someone might read. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, generally, I classify reading as a pastime, also, but it doesn't have to be yeah, I think I think your motivation is probably what it uh, is yeah, the better defer- the, determining factor what are you trying to do are you just are you merely trying to fill time are you trying are you trying to avoid boredom or are you actually trying to achieve something? yeah, I think that's a good point however however mundane the thing you're achieving is, if you're trying to achieve it, then it's probably a hobby right if it's not your profession right. Mm-hmm. I, I think the colloquial phrase of if you're quote-unquote turning your brain off to do it, it's a pastime. I don't know that I... yeah, I, Okay, I see the sentiment there, but that's not necessarily true either. Because there are definitely games that I would classify solidly as pastimes, but you still... Put, like like chess. We already brought up chess. Like, chess requires your brain um, if you hope to win, anyway. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're turning your brain off to play chess where you just like capturing pieces and that's not the focus of what you're doing you're really just talking over the game of chess sure chess is serving the pastime role there's okay so there's another thing that's kind of similar to both of these but it's kind of similar to the pastime hanging out yes that's another thing that people do how many times have you been invited to quote hey man you want to come hang out have you ever had an invite to just hang out i have me too I to this day though cannot define what constitutes a proper hangout experience. I think it's different among every group of friends, yeah. But that's a problem to me. As a person <laughs> who <laughs> likes, you know, some consistency in his life. I thought I was rigid boundaries guy. <laughs> you are, but I also I don't know. It I hate that word or that phrase, hang out. Hanging out. Let's hang out or let's you know we're just hanging out. It's like but, but what are we doing though? That doesn't describe it, it's like saying it's even less specific. It's like the less specific but version of I think, of, hey, I think that, that's the thing. It's like, it's open-ended. Do you want to be together with us friends and do whatever occurs to us to do? Right. But my problem is, okay, so there's two things. One's not necessarily a problem one can be. If I said to you, hey, you want to hang out on Saturday? And you said, sure. There's two ways that that can be perceived. One is, cool. I just know that I want to spend time with this person, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to burden that person with what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Or I'm saying, but there's the other half of the equation, which is I just want to hang out with you. I'm willing to do whatever you want to do. Right. So, but it depends. I've had both kinds of friends in my life. I've had the friends that would come over to my house to hang out and be like, so what are we doing? And I'm just like, You're the one who invited me here. I guess, you know, like whatever (laughs) that means. See, okay, so whenever I invite someone to hang out, I always make sure that I have something to fall on, right? I'm not going to invite somebody else to come over and be bored with me. Um, (laughs) Like there might be many options to do, but I will have something in mind already that I want to do. If they have no ideas of their own. Yeah. I, I think the person... Okay. Because in my mind, what makes the most sense is... It, and this kind of goes back to... A role, I, I, I'm married. I don't date anymore. But back when I was young and dated. If, you were in, if you're the one... And this kind of hangs true today when I invite people to eat. Good example. If I invited you out for dinner, mm-hmm. right? I do not think it is unfair for you to expect me to pay. Right, because you invited me. I invited you. Yeah. As the host of the evening's events, I am responsible with ensuring everyone else has a good time and that everyone else is provided for. Same thing and and this might be weird to some people, but I do think it's more common when someone says, Hey, do you want to cover to my house for a party? Usually the expectation is that the host is going to provide something. And if they if there's if they do need the other person to bring something, they usually will say so. Yeah, set upfront expectations. Yes, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's byob. Bring your own beverage, or right. Would you bring a dessert? Would you mind bring? It? Hey, do you want to come hang out? If you wouldn't mind, you- cool. Show up with a bag of chips. Yeah, so. yeah. Bring a side. Bring a dessert. Usually, you don't ask someone to bring like the meal, no. right? That would be weird. That, yeah. That's very strange. Yeah. So I think hanging out should follow the same standard, which is. I go so far now to call it rude. If you invite me to hang out and I come over and you're just inviting me to be bored with you, you're a rude person. I don't <laughs> appreciate it. Ugh. Anyway, so yeah, hanging out is can be both. It's just a social organization in which either a hobby or a pastime is being consumed. Yes. What are other things that humans do, though, besides hobbies and pastimes to pass the time or to not be bored? Work. We work. There are a lot of interesting philosophies around that Mm -hmm. that I think are interesting. There is an idea that humans love to work, that that's what we want to do. That is our primary purpose and drive in life is to work and be productive. Depends on what you mean by productive (laughs) and by work. Exactly. Um, I mean, we already... We do definitely want to do things. That's why we feel so bad when we are bored not doing things. Right. Well, and I think that's also why most people don't use all of their vacation days. I think there's a lot of people that have this idea that, oh, companies are evil because they don't, people only get 10 vacation days. I've worked at companies that have unlimited time off and people just do not utilize it. Yeah, I think, yeah, it 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 has been mentioned in my presence at work um that, you know, like, okay, my company has been around for a while and did not always have the unlimited vacation policy. And, you know, it, it was it was observed that people took less time off when there was the unlimited PTO, where when you have a certain number of days, you feel obligated to take them all because you are owed them. Right? It's part of your compensation. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it, it's just part of, yeah, part of the terms of your employment is that you get to have X amount of days that you don't have to work but still get paid. Um, right. And if you don't use them, you're giving them back to the company for free, right? <clears throat> but if it's unlimited, then you feel bad for not doing your job. Yeah, very interesting. So it's a it's a it's a clever thing, right? It feels like oh man, unlimited like people people tell me like oh, you know, I'm so you know jealous of you that you have unlimited PTO, and it's like yeah, but I don't take unlimited PTO <laughs> right because I can't. I have to do my job. Yeah, uh, I'm an adult that realizes that me taking time off does not mean the work continues to get done in my absence. It just means it's going to pile up while I'm gone until I get back. Right, like technically, by the letter of the company rules, I could just take six months off Yeah, starting tomorrow. Well, or at least in two weeks, right, to give proper notice. But <laughs> right. But anyway, I could take six months off, but I would also get fired because I'm not doing my job. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, they, so, so far we have pastimes, hobbies, work. What else do we do? Uh, we sleep. That's, that's well, yeah, a I, third I, of our I was life. avoiding saying sleep, but yes. Technically, that's a thing we do. And, and hear me out. I That, I think, is a very effective strategy for boredom. Yep, just take a nap. Uh, no joke. I'm, <laughs> You'll feel better, by the way. Yeah, here's a poverty <laughs> pro tip. Eat, sleep for dinner. You know, like mm-hmm. if, if you can't afford dinner and you get... The number of times okay story time story time with joe i used to smoke cigarettes okay Mm -hmm. and i knew that i was addicted to cigarettes the day that i opted to buy a new pack instead of buy dinner ouch so now granted nicotine is an appetite suppressant but still Mm -hmm. yeah priorities so i distinctly remember there being a day when it was the day before payday i was young living paycheck to paycheck And I had just enough money in my bank account to buy gas and a pack of smokes and drive home and not have enough gas to get anywhere else, but to the bank to get cash and then back to the gas station to fill my car up and then resume life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I distinctly remember thinking, well, I can't go anywhere because remember out of gas i Mm -hmm. literally can't even drive i could walk places maybe but i lived in a place where walk you can't really walk anywhere Mm -hmm. um i didn't want to burden any friends by picking me up and having to pay for me and stuff like that and i also had no money to pay for myself i didn't have any food in my fridge nor could i you know nothing to eat really besides like i think i may have had like some hot dog buns or something like that but like that's not a meal that might make it worse um i had soda in the fridge priorities again yay um and so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to watch some TV and go to sleep because I need to skip. I need to, I need to, what was what it in video games? I need to time travel, whatever. you know, you, fast travel. Yeah. I need to fast travel through time to, to morning, to morning. And that's what I did <laughs> when I have money. <laughs> and, and you know what's strange about that? I still do that to this day. Not when I'm that broke, but when I'm saving up for something that I want, mm. I will go, I, I'm I'm bad with money. I know I'm bad with money. I'm good at making money. I'm bad at keeping it. Hmm. So I know that if I want to buy something that's expensive, that might take a couple of paychecks, I will intentionally put myself through a like cleanse period where (laughs) I will get very monotonous. I will wake up, go to work, do the free things that I like, eat simple food and go to sleep. And I can go for like weeks on $20 a week for food and eat crappy garbage food you know I know exactly the minimum I can eat and not feel it the next day and yeah there's a lot of rice and canned foods that I know exactly the correct proportions that I can get and that is how I afford things when I want to be able to afford something I want to go on vacation cool I'm going to go into like a pseudo hibernation mode where I spend a lot of time asleep a lot of time playing games I already own a lot of time working and eating very little food I don't know, but it's, it's weird how we and had to like fast travel through time that way. And it, it does feel that way too. Cause when you start getting really monotonous and really into a routine, days start to fly by and mm-hmm. after about day three, you start to feel it and notice it where, man, I'm going to bed. I feel like I just woke up, but then do that for three weeks. And, but it doesn't feel like three weeks. And then you kind of come up for air and realize, okay, cool. I've got enough money to buy the thing. And then time slows back down again. It's a very weird perception. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you call that, but there's that, that's a thing that people do to pass time, whatever that phenomena is, where we intentionally like rope ourselves into situations where we become very inattentive to time on purpose. You know, we let time pass and kind of zone out, you know, it's like a form of meditation, which is a thing people do, but that's kind of a pastime. They would categorize itself as a pastime. Um hmm. is there such okay, and I think the the following question to this would obviously be like, is are are these healthy? <laughs> like, is the fact that we always have to be doing something Do we just feel like it's bad or is it actually bad? A. And then B, is there a health what is the best way to do, actually do we spend feel like time? Do we feel like what is bad? Do we feel like boredom is do we just feel like boredom is bad or is boredom actually bad a good example I guess we talked about this before there are some animals that have literally evolved to spend time doing nothing right like hibernation is a great example mm-hmm. there are animals that are like hmm how do I deal with this circumstance I'm going I'm to going do nothing to sleep. yeah yeah I'm going to sleep which is not nothing but it's pretty much it's functionally nothing functionally yeah. nothing I'm going to do functionally nothing for months weeks or months and just fast travel through time right (laughs) to get back to like okay i'm just going to go unconscious for a long time and then come back when things are interesting again Mm -hmm. (laughs) well not interesting but appropriate right um because when you think about like at the cellular level the the goal of all quote life is to reproduce and Perpetuate the genes. You if know? you if you wanted to personify it like that, yes. Yeah, you, you want to. Yeah, the the goal of the replicators, you know, and that is your DNA is to continue to replicate. Right. And part of that replication involves you usually making new whole units that we call other animals or distinct mm-hmm. individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, there's some growing that needs to go on, um, but most of the time, a lot of animals. Like cats, for example, you know, they spend a whole lot of time just getting to the next time when they get to make more cats. Yeah, they sleep like twenty hours a day. Yeah, because they can, they can. It's it's a it's an effective strategy. If you're not out roaming around, you're a lot less yeah, likely it takes to be. Pregnant. energy to be awake. Well, yes, and you're not taking risks. Yeah, you're not expending energy on things that might not pay off. You can slow down your metabolism to make the most of the food you've already found and you're not making yourself a target and you know for another predator because they're usually out looking for things that are on the move, you know because predators typically have they're, they're drawn to movement and things like that. If you're just chilling, unlikely to be seen right unless you picked a really bad spot to sleep, <laughs> right. you know so why is it that humans can't do the same thing? besides like there's some obvious biological reasons like we have to eat a lot more yes that's because we're awake a lot more like that's the thing it's part of our habits our natural habits Mm -hmm. well would it be unhealthy for a human to sleep 16 hours a day yes um but well it's 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 like a chicken and egg problem though like all these things are interdependent on each other Mm -hmm. right It's unhealthy for us to sleep 16 hours a day because our bodies are designed to be moving a lot more. But this also requires us to eat a lot more, which requires us to stay moving so that we can keep getting food. And yeah. Hmm. (laughs) So that might be one of the reasons we get bored. It's as a motivator to, well, go do things. Right. You're bored. Start walking. Go find things. You know, you might find more food or something. I don't know. Right. Right. Or something cool. Who knows? All, all the things that make life worth living are usually a part of the doing something category. Right. Yeah. To be, humans. Being bored is the antithesis of why people want to stay alive, right? Yeah. It's the closest thing to death you can experience without death. That's... I don't know if that's true, but... <laughs> well, what would be closer? Well, it's the closest <laughs> thing to death that we can perceive. For, because you can't perceive being asleep. You don't know what it actually yeah. feels like to be asleep because you go sub you're unconscious. Right. There's no feeling to it. You don't feel it, yeah. Boredom is the closest thing you can feel that we would I think relate to that negative depression pit that is contemplating mortality. I mean, look at look at something like purgatory, right? What mm-hmm. is what is the mythos behind purgatory? I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. I'm not Catholic either, but well, I expect you to know. <laughs> um, I'll start looking it up while you. I think, think about purgatory it. is for like if you're if you're a true Christian, but you have unconfessed sins, then you go to purgatory for some amount of time to atone for your sins before you're permitted into heaven. Okay, let's see what Wikipedia has to say about it. Purgatory, purgatory, is according to the belief of some Christian denominations, mostly Catholic. An intermediate state after physical death for expire, expiatory purification. The process of purgatory is the final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. Tradition, by reference to certain texts of scripture, sees the process as involving a cleansing fire. Or some forms of Western Christianity, particularly those within Protestantism, deny its existence. Okay, so this is not what I thought it was. I thought it was like this weird halfway house where you just kind of existed for a while. Oh well, never mind. Maybe this is wrong. I, I've seen some popular media, you know, and you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like interpretations of purgatory as this like middle state where like you can't really interact. You're left alone with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're bored essentially. You're left to think about yourself, your actions, whatever to come up with some kind of answer as to what life was all about and to kind of determine where you go afterwards right Mm -hmm. i don't know so like that idea to me is like essentially being put into a permanent state of boredom until you find your way out of it resulting in a terminating state of either pure positive or pure negative Mm -hmm. right because boredom is kind of in the middle while most people i think would person like would say that boredom is bad they would not say that it's they would probably put it in a very neutral space it's bad but it's not evil right exactly it's It's like the nobody, most nobody nobody wants bad. to be bored but we're not going to like go fight against boredom right yeah the war on boredom is not a thing <laughs> although don't ask don't don't give anyone we should any cut ideas. that from the episode yeah <laughs> hold on god we need an intern so i can just say intern edit that out <laughs> <laughs> um if you'd like to be our intern no uh, not yet <laughs> maybe not yet but uh i don't know it, it's just it's just strange well but i would say though that like obviously my strategy for dealing with you know how to skip through time was not healthy it's not a healthy way what about you what do you what do you think is the probably the what what would you say is the best way to deal with boredom in a preemptive sense get a hobby as as the collector of hobbies you are i am see the secret is my my real ho- actually it's not a secret everybody who knows me knows this my, my real hobby is just collecting more hobbies um is a there's a regular rotation that i occasionally just add to mm-hmm. um yeah what what about it i think that's a good way to deal with it because i don't know I think everyone's exploring, has... but with money. Um. Yeah, but that's the thing. With money, right? <laughs> that, that is the problem with hobbies. Most hobbies do cost money. Yeah. And if you want to be serious about them, a lot of money. Yeah. Because on the one hand, a part of me is like, okay, so what are some things that you could do, right? Um, a lot of people will say learn a musical instrument. That's a great way to spend your time. Yes. Because... It, it's depending on the musical instrument, but most of them are easy to learn, hard to but master. Really hard to master, yeah. And so... Yeah, you can be playing Mary Had a Little Lamb today. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, you could spend the rest of your life still getting better at the thing. Right. And that makes it a great hobby because... You can just sink time and it doesn't have to be that much money into it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. There's also, I think, like profession-adjacent skills, which, to, not to say that music is not a profession-adjacent skill or hobby, because there are some well, people... yes, because there are professional musicians, by the way, yeah. Right. Um, but the practical applications of music, somewhat dubious. There is an entertainment value, but anyone who's ever been to a party where someone brought a guitar... Don't be the guitar guy at the party. Don't be the guitar guy at the party. It the bang for your buck and the practicality department is not great because there's I think two there are two times when the guy brings the guitar to the party that you actually care the once in a while they do right like you know they don't do this all the time it's a special occasion right that's okay or if if you were friends with a world-renowned guitarist and you're getting a private concert that people would yeah, normally pay for. If you're friends for, with Carlos Santana and he brings his guitar. You're excited. Yeah. <laughs> if people would pay to see this, it's exciting, ultimately. Or if it's, like I said, a special occasion. Okay? But there's other things, too. Um, carpentry is a really interesting hobby. mm mm-hmm. You know, working, woodworking is another thing that people call it. Now, granted, that is talk about a money pit. Yes. But it's also profession-adjacent. And even if you're right. a hobbyist, you can make money doing it. And even if you don't use it to make money, you just find it as a soothing hobby, it is a great way to benefit yourself because the lessons you learn in carpentry can also help you be self-sufficient. You mm-hmm. probably live in a place in which a carpenter was used to you know, build that place. Right. Home repair is made easier yeah. when you can just do it yourself. Also, I need new furniture. Cool. I'll make just it. make it. Yeah. Hmm? And then gifts. People really appreciate... Okay. As an adult i have come to appreciate gifts that people make when people are actually good at the thing that they're doing right i think that this kind of gets beat out of us as children when you make a macaroni sculpture for your parent at school and your parents are like wow timmy wow timmy this is great and then you discover it in the garbage later and you're heartbroken yeah. And you're like, well, I'm just never make. no one cares about anything you make. They only care about things you can buy. No, it's because you're a little kid and you're bad at everything you do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, if you're a teacher out there, stop it, please. No one cares about these stupid macaroni sculptures. We get it. You're trying, you're bored, but still. You are bored. Yes. Yeah. Let them make them for you then. Okay. Right. Stop stamping. Get a kid. classroom fridge and <laughs> get a classroom fridge and put them on it. <laughs> or did you ever do a Pinewood Derby as a kid? No. You never had the, the pleasure of doing a Pinewood Derby? No. I don't know. Okay. You're not the only person who said that. Uh, surprisingly, there's a lot of people who don't do these anymore. And I kind of get, I think I know why. It's because fewer people have tools. Yeah. Like when you think about what you actually need to do a Pinewood Derby, you need a saw. Mm-hmm. Like, and like my dad had a band saw growing up. So it was easy. We loved Pinewood Derbies because we could make cool, fast cars with tools we had around the house but to the average person it's like what am i supposed to do whittle this thing into a car <laughs> you know right um but i think that uh you know i i would love to see a comeback of skillful hobbies over pastimes. yes and this kind of harkens i think a little bit back to our last episode the web of yesteryear mm-hmm there are a lot more pastimes on the web than there than there are hobbies now. When you think about it, yes, interacting with the web in the way that you were lamenting is less frequent now. That's a hobby to discover things about the web, to go adventuring out into yeah. the vast yeah. web Surfing of knowledge. The yeah, that's a hobby. It's exploring. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. But sitting and watching TikTok videos is a pastime. That is a pastime, and uh, I I don't know. I feel like a Luddite somewhat because, or maybe not Luddite's not the right word, but like an old person, because um, I just think distinctly remember my grandparents talking about how awful the TV the TV was, because the TV is just rotting people's brains, because all they do is sit there with their mouths hanging open and watching it, and I was like, oh, you're just, you don't get it, you know, you're old, but they're kind of right, though. Yeah, they are, though. Yeah. Yeah. You can only watch through Fraser so many times before it's like, <laughs> oh, no, I this really was a... Have you ever had that sobering realization of like how much time you put into something that was ultimately a waste? Yes, I, that the true source of depression. Um. So a funny thing happened to me. Um, yeah. Uh, today, in fact, so uh, it is the end of the year currently. Naturally. Um. Yes, and it very naturally. Um. Actually, exactly. unnaturally because we decided what the end of the year was. It's the end um, of the year we decided. <laughs> um and uh so Reddit decided to tell me about all my habits on Reddit. <clears throat> F off Reddit. <laughs> You're not <my> but, dad. <laughs> but because because I use the old Reddit UI that doesn't run all the JavaScript stuff like that the new Reddit UI does, all of their stats broke. So it's like I almost never used Reddit. According to the stats, so I'm like, oh my goodness! Thank you for not telling me how many hours I wasted on this site this year. <laughs> I remember when I first got Steam. Mm. Steam, does Steam, the- Steam for those who don't know is yep. a place. There is a a program slash website slash the thing, yeah. where people download computer games. Not just download, it's a launcher. It it, it containerizes all your video games together so they're in one place. Yes. Right? And it provides you some wonderful insights, like the number of hours you've spent per Uh, game. Ah, yes. Steam has done this too, and I got my yearly report. Oh, dear. There's nothing like playing a game and seeing a little thing pop up in the bottom right-hand corner as an achievement that says congratulations. You played 1,000 hours. (laughs) (gasps) (laughs) that's half a working year and you just want to throw up right and then you think back like can I remember a thousand because okay and and this I think is usually when it occurs to people imagine practicing an instrument for a thousand hours Mm -hmm. you'd be pretty all right at playing that instrument yeah you'd be intermediate level yeah yeah you could probably play some tunes that people would want to listen to again special occasions folks yeah please don't just bring your guitar to the party yes but instead you clicked buttons and learned nothing. And learned nothing except for very very Yeah, you learned extremely domain specific stuff that doesn't actually matter, yeah, which is about to be made useless because the new ones coming out. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Pain. Pain. Why do we do this to ourselves? Maybe Steam is actually doing a great service by telling you how much you're wasting your life and you should go get a better hobby. (laughs) Well, the more (laughs) annoying thing is you can share this as like a leaderboard. And I'm like, oh, God, who strives to be the best at this? Right. At least I'm the best. (laughs) Tear. Tear. Oof. Yeah. But why don't we think about it? Because guess what I did? I kept playing. I, I didn't quit the game right then. I said, oh, well that's depressing anyway next game (laughs) yeah back to but I think that just tells you exactly why we do it in the moment in a very hedonistic way pastimes are awesome yeah they're very fun well they should be yeah they don't ask much from you usually yeah just sit there and enjoy enjoy it's almost like they're distractions from boredom as opposed to actually overcoming boredom almost it's a blurry line you know yeah maybe i still don't like it (laughs) (laughs) you know but like why why couldn't i be the person to say okay you know what how about whenever i get the urge to do time waste thing why don't i go sit down and play musical instrument instead Mm -hmm. that's surprisingly hard to do yeah you know because i think that the ideal person like if, if you and this is another thing too it'd be so easy to plan someone else's life to make them very skilled at something. Yes. Or uh, several things. We have a lot of time, 16 hours per day. In fact, of waking hours where we can do things. Mm -hmm. Only eight of which typically is consumed by your profession, which is the money making time. Mm -hmm. You have eight whole hours to do something, you know, you could easily rack up a thousand hours in six months towards a, towards a skill, Mm -hmm. you know, what, like, I know there's a map of like how difficult it would be to learn another language. That's the one that you often hear people also use as a comparison for your time. Mm-hmm. It, if you're learning an adjacent language in the same linguistic family as yours, it's usually 2,000 hours, I think, to become conversational. Which people think, wow, how did, you know, that's a long time. Not really, it's though. It's really not, though. Like if you were dropped in the middle of an area in which no one spoke your language... So, like, for English speakers, if you were dropped off in a Spanish-speaking country in which everyone only spoke Spanish, in under a year, like, you could function incredibly quickly. And you could be fluently having conversations in a year. Easily. You know, and you hear people talk about this. Like, I always used to think it was interesting, you know, hearing people's stories that would travel like that. And they would spend six months in a country and they're like oh yeah well i picked up and learned how to speak x language i'm like really you learn how to speak they're like well it's okay i can get by i'm like so did you did you like practice no i just was there i literally did not even pay it attention i was just there and heard people saying words in that language and then tried to ask questions and you just pick up bits along the way and you get like to this functional place you know but instead i played a game you know I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this is going to air near the end of the year. And maybe this is something you might want to think about. You know, dear listener. Uh, if you if you felt like you've had a very boring year. Um, I know that I'm sure am thinking about it. Um, I don't Do know. Do a new thing. Or plan your life like you would plan someone else's. Because I think it's back to the, what we said at the beginning. It's a lot easier to externalize it. And like, for example if you told me your goals and it would be very easy for me to sit down and craft the plan to get you to achieve your goals in a year. Yeah. But you could, if if I could do it for you, why can't I do it for me? And, yeah. and, and vice versa. Yeah. We have very, we're, we have very good discipline for other people, but not for ourselves. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and another, and I think one more good example of this like financial planners exist Mm -hmm. people whose entire job it is to just make you spend your money appropriately Mm -hmm. or not in some cases but all the things they're doing are not complicated you could read like a 10 page manual and do it there's nuance i'm not i'm there's nuance yeah but for most people who make who are normally living paycheck to paycheck that say man i just want to have five grand in savings by the end of the year cool we can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Very easily, actually. But we will pay someone to take our paychecks from us, put so much of it aside, and then give us the rest. And then we can go be irresponsible. It's like creating a. It's like, I want to be irresponsible, but I want someone to box me into an irresponsible zone where my irresponsibility is not going to have long term effects on me. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's literally what I did. I mean, so, so very, very shortly after I became a a proper adult and started spending my money discretionally Um, or sorry, not that I started spending my money discretionally that I started having things that I really needed to pay for as well as the discretionary spending. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I very quickly spent all my money on stuff I didn't need um, and realized, Oh yeah, I'm actually really bad at this. I should get better. Um, And so that, I mean, I, I did the financial planning thing for myself and I actually, I actually did make it work. Um, but yeah, it was so-and-so a percentage of my paycheck is the fun zone. I am allowed to have fun with this money and I will not feel guilty about spending this money on whatever I want, knowing that the rest of it is enough to get me through whatever I need to get through. Yeah. I I have family members that do something similar, but they do it in one of the most weird analog ways. Put money in an envelope. They are those people. Yeah. yep. They will not just an envelope. They will actually go multiple envelopes with stuff written on them Mm -hmm. for this is the blank fund. Yeah. Yep. And they have a lockbox somewhere. And I even have a family member that has a time lock safe that can only be opened in a certain window. Like It's, it's a digital safe. You could probably break into it whenever you wanted to realistically. But yeah, still, but, but it's a psychological barrier. Yes. It's a psychological barrier that, oh, this code only works on this day of the month. Mm-hmm. And that day happens to be payday. So they will go put the money that they want to quote save in that box and they gave someone else they trusted but doesn't know the location of the safe the other number that can open it whenever. And that's the person they have to go talk to if they really need it. But them having to justify why right. they you need have to, to take tell the money another out. human being why you need your money. So it can't be for a silly thing or you'll embarrass yourself. Right. Yeah. And that, and they've never had to use it because they always talk themselves out of it. Well, that's not true. They've had to use it one time. It was a medical thing, but still, that, but that, that's when they actually did need it. Yeah, exactly. And they had it. And so th- it's very interesting how we do that. And it's like, why, why can't I just say no to myself? It's like, well, because I don't feel bad about telling myself yes right now. <laughs> um, but no, it's very, very interesting. So, I don't know. I I think what might be an interesting strategy is to do a psychological experiment where you let, you tell someone else your goals and let them plan your year and then see if you can implement it. Maybe that might be a, obviously someone you trust, you know, a very close family member, relative or friend. Um, it might be worth it. It might be a good strategy to try out and you know, I think that we've said a couple of times on here. You know, we we need to pay our you know regular homage to CGP Grey. Yes. Um. You know, we're we're not super fans of the, uh, you know, uh, the resolution, the resolution model, but the theme model is interesting. Yes. Go watch CGP Grey's video about yearly themes, or even better, seasonal themes. Yes. And uh, maybe conclude those. Oh. But uh, I think that also. Is this an effective strategy with dealing with boredom? Because I also think that boredom is often a consequence of poor planning. Yes. Yeah, because the times when I'm bored is, yeah, because I haven't, I haven't set myself up to be able to do something, right? Right. Or especially like if plans fall through. Right. Those suck the worst. Yes, that is very disappointing. Yep. Which, you know, I know you're listener. We've talked to you a lot today, actually. And I hope that you've enjoyed so. Um, also, don't be that flaky person that uh, makes plans the, and doesn't show up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, actually. Commit ma- and keep your ma- word. Mini many, many, many rant here. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you committed, if you say you're going to show up to something, show up to it. And if you are not sure that you can show up to it, don't tell them that you can be. Yep. Like, don't tell them that you're going to if you're not going to. Right? Just say no. As the second worst kind of person here, um, I am the worst at being on time. That However, is true. I am a big believer in the better late than never. Right, you do show up though. Yes. I will be there. I just will be late. Yeah, but I will be there. You know, and and then I hope I, it's the one bit of pride I have in being late is that at least people know. I, no one has ever like if I've agreed to meet someone at a place, and I've been very late before. I've been multiple hours late mm-hmm. before. But guess what? I still showed. I have woken up hours past when I was supposed to have already been somewhere and then had an hour drive to be there and I still got up, put the clothes on and went down there even though it'd have been so much easier just to be, yeah, I'm not coming. Because it's worth it to people to be that person who shows up even if you're going to be late. Yep. And, I'm, pretty, and I, I'm confident, and you can tell me if this is true, that people, the only reason people have faith in me ever being places is because at least I do show up. And they put up with my lateness because, well, but at least he's consistent and always shows. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know the reasons why people flake out on plans like that. Sure. Sometimes there's legitimate reasons and, you know, we can always excuse those, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, I don't know if it's, like, people have anxiety about things or or whatever. But, I mean, like, I don't know. Okay. As, As an introvert, I am inclined not to accept invitations to go do things. Frustratingly, yes. But I do try to accept invitations anyway, even when I'm uncomfortable accepting the invitation. Because, usually, I have a better time when I do it anyway. Yeah. Because going and doing something with somebody is always more interesting than sitting at home and doing the same thing that I do every day when I don't have plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, I guess, I guess life advice from philosophers, enjoy life today, do stuff that you didn't plan Or do stuff, plan to do stuff tomorrow. Plan to do stuff tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. But it was, uh, and and uh, as it was put to me once, you know, you know, we're all going to die someday. Um, don't have any regrets. No regrets, but more importantly, <laughs> it's like, would it make a good story? How many good stories are you going to have not going places? Right. And it's surprising how many bad times turn into good stories later. Even if you do have a bad time, at least you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know. And as an extrovert, talking about things is our joy in life. So that's why I'm always there. Philosophers. Philosophers. <laughs> If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.